got a sense of humor. I had I had to wonder. I had I had to know. But the more you look at his creation, the more you know that he had to have had a sense of humor. That if God created us with the the humors that we have, God created nature the way that he did. And you have to know that he has a sense of humor. But the saying that, as far as I know, has always been that if you really want to hear God laugh, is tell him what you have planned. So many times we make plans, and, and I try real hard not to make plans. Those of you that know me well, you uh, you know that I don't keep a calendar real good at all. Uh, my wife, she gets upset at me because most of the time I don't plan out my week to the day or two before. But uh, but that's, that's, that's the way I was raised. Uh, that's the way we always were. If we wanted to go fishing, we found out the day before, hey, the weather's good, let's go fishing. And we would strike out. And uh, and if we wanted to go hunting, then we'd find out the day before, hey, the weather looks good, we ain't got nothing going on, let's go hunting. My family, <clears throat> we never really made plans. If we planned a vacation, we didn't necessarily book months in advance. We were the ones who would strike out driving, and whenever we'd get tired, Daddy pulled into three or four hotels until he found one that had a vacancy. And that was the extent of our planning. But as, a, as, as I've been married and started a family and began to live with one who makes plans for every waking moment of everything and writes them down and color codes them, then I have found out that it is increasingly more difficult to learn something new whenever you get older. But it's also better if you actually make plans. However, whenever we begin to make plans, do we include God in those? Whenever we make plans for our week, what is the first thing we write in our, on our calendar? Is it midweek service? Or do we fit that in if we have a little room at the end? Whenever we begin to make our week for the year, do we, do we mark out revival week because I'm not going on vacation this week? Or do we fit everything else in and then we, we try to hunt a spot for God? Try to look for a spot for God. Growing up, we, we took usually one vacation a year. Sometimes two if we take one in the spring and we go somewhere in the fall. But we always left after church on Sunday. And come Wednesday night, most of the time, wherever we was at, we tried to hunt us up a church. And we were in some strange churches too. But we tried to hunt us up a church on Wednesday night. But we always left after church on Sunday because God came first. And, and whenever we begin to make our plans, a lot of times we'll consider everything else. We'll consider birthdays. We'll consider families. We'll consider the weather. But do we consider God? most important thing in making our plans is, is that we consider God. Genesis chapter 11, we read of uh, right after Noah got off of the ark here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and begin in verse number 1 of Genesis chapter 11. And they got off the ark and, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. So after they got off the ark, they began to multiply uh, the, the sons of Noah and, and the, the women they brought on the ship with them, their wives. Uh, they all began to have kids and multiply the way that God told them to. And as they begin to do this, you understand that, that as people multiply, the population grows. That's really the only way to do it. So over a few years, you had a massive influx of people in a very small area. Now, as they begin to grow, they didn't necessarily spread way out on How many of you still live close to mom and daddy? I do. I built in the front yard. My brother built right next to them. So a lot of us still live close to mom and daddy because that's 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 a comfort zone. That's where we find uh, that's where we find comfort at. And, and no doubt these people were the same because whenever it, it come down to this point in time, they were all kind of close together. They they didn't exactly stretch way out under anywhere. 
And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar to dwell there. And they made, uh, they said to one another, Go, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. That they had brick for stone and they had slime for mortar. And they said, Go, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach into heaven. And let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go let us they go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So as, as these people began to work, God said, Hey, they're getting comfortable here. They're staying right here. They're beginning to do things because they can understand each other and they're beginning to advance. So he said, let's spread them out a little bit. Let's, let's confound them. Now these people had a plan. They was going to build a tower and I have no idea how far they got along. They, they had to have gotten at least through the planning stage because they said, go, let us build us a city and a tower. So whenever they got to the planning stage, they, they said, hey, we can do this, but they didn't include God in this plan. They didn't include his leadership, his guidance in this plan. And as we look at the generations of, of Noah's kids, so many of them didn't include God. Now they saw something that, that very few in the history of the world has ever gotten to see. They saw a miracle from God. They saw the entire earth covered in water. And they floated around in a boat for forever. And yet whenever they got back on land, they did not look for the wisdom of God. In just a few generations, you, you see them looking at everything but God. You want to hear God laugh? Tell Him what you plan to do. God came down and He said, let's confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And they scattered them abroad from thence upon all the face of the earth. And they left off to build the city. Therefore, the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. From thence the Lord did scatter them upon all the face of the earth. Now flip over, if you would, to the book of James. Book of James, chapter number 4. Verse 13, he said, Go now, ye say... Today or tomorrow we will go into such city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is but a vapor that appeareth a little time and then vanisheth away. Now I live most of my life telling my wife, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. Because it's not on my calendar, so I don't know what's coming tomorrow. My kids ask me, when are we having a test? I don't know. I'll let you know the day before. I'll let you know before we take it. I'll give you the best heads up that I can. I'm not exactly an organized and planned person. And I'm not saying this. That's what James is telling us to do. James is not saying don't be organized. James is saying, verse 15, y'all to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. I heard a definition of procrastination one time, and I've always liked it. Procrastination is the assumption, the stupid assumption, but the assumption that God will give us one more day to do what we should have done yesterday. 
That is what procrastination is. And since I heard that definition, then I've, uh, I've procrastinated a lot less. But whenever we begin to make our plans, do we include God? Or do we circle everything else around and then go ahead and fill in our calendar with everything else and say that I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that? We are the world worst at saying that we're going to do something. That, that it's, it's coming, it's going to happen, it's gonna, but do we include God in that? Do we say if Lord will, we're going to take a vacation? If God willing, we're going to do this. Do we include God in any of it? Do we run off on vacation and we pack the sunscreen and we pack a jacket and we pack a, a pair of sandals, whatever it is, we pack our toothpaste, we pack our deodorant, and we forget our Bible? Thankfully, the Gideons have Bibles in hotels across the world. But do we pack everything else and forget our Bible? Do we remember everything else and forget about God? Whenever it comes to making plans, what is the first thing that we plan? What is the first thing that we see? What is the first thing that comes to our attention? Whenever we begin to make plans in school, the scientific method is a lot of times what we'll use. And whenever you begin to go down the scientific method, the first thing that you have to have is you have to have your objective. What is your overall goal? Well, if we're going to go on vacation, our overall goal is where we're going. If my goal is to go to the Grand Canyon, Lord willing, one day I'll get out there and see it. They say it's beautiful. But if I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon but it rain, I've got to make up my mind, hey, this is where I'm going because without that I can't make a plan. But if I say, hey, let's pack up, we're going to go to the Grand Canyon, then I have forgotten something. Every time before we struck out on vacation, Daddy would always pray and say, God, take care of us on this trip that you've allowed us to go on. God can cut our trip short. God can keep us from vacation. We're not supposed to be on vacation. Do we ask God for leadership in taking our family? Do we ask God for leadership in our everyday life? Do we look to Him for leadership and guidance? Do we look to Him for wisdom? Do we look for Him whenever we start to make plans? James says, you know not what should be on the morrow for what is your life. He said, for y'all to say that the Lord will. And if we shall live, we shall do this and we shall do that. Turn over, if you would, to Luke in chapter number 12. Book of Luke in chapter number 12. We read about a man who made plans. And he did not in his plans include God. Luke in chapter number 12, Jesus is given a parable here. He said it's verse 16, the ground of a rich man brought forth plentifully. He said God blessed him. And whenever the, the Bible says the ground brought forth plentifully, that means God blessed him. Whenever our garden produces bountifully, that means God blessed us. Just reading between the lines. He said the ground brought forth plentifully, God blessed him greatly. And he thought within himself, he said, what shall I do because I have no room where I ought to store my fruits? Now, the Bible that I had before this one that kind of wore out, I went through and I underlined every time this man said I. So I want you to pay attention to this. He said, what shall I do because I have no room where to, where to bestow my fruits? And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. He said, look at what all I have done. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to pull down my old barns. I'm going to put up my new barns. I'm going to take care of all this, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to relax, and I'm going to watch it. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. 
whenever we make plans and we don't include God, we are assuming that God is going to make His plans around us. Did you know that God makes plans? God makes plans. God makes plans for our life. God makes plans for our family. God has plans for this world. And the thing about it is, is God's plans are going to happen. God's plan is going to happen. But whenever we make plans and we say, I, me, and my, whenever we say, here's what's going to happen, here's what's going to be done, here's what I'm going to do, we're saying maybe God will change His plans for me. Maybe God will let His plans revolve around me. And I tell my kids at school, I tell everybody, stand up. I'm not going to ask you to do that. I don't want you to do it. I tell all the kids, I say, stand up. And they stand up, and I said, all right. In a clockwise motion, we're going to turn in a circle on three. One, two, three, and everybody begins to turn. And I asked them, I said, what did you see? They said, I saw the whole room. I said, yes, you saw the whole room revolving around you. Let me tell you, that's not how the world works. The world does not revolve around you. And the world does not revolve around me. I heard a guy say one time, he said, I don't want to, I don't want to apply my life to the Bible. He said, I don't want to do that. He said, whenever you apply paint to a wall, you change the wall. Whenever you apply stain to a board, you stain, you change the board. He said, I don't want to apply my life to the Bible because I don't want to change the Bible. I want to apply the Bible to my life so that it changes me. I'm going to preach on that one day, but not tonight. I want to apply the Bible to my life so that it changes me. Whenever we make plans and we don't include God, whenever we make plans and, and we miss church on purpose and we leave our Bible on purpose and we go and do things that we know we ought not do on purpose, that's us saying, God, look what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to be involved in. Here's how it's going to be. You ever had somebody lay down the law to you? My daddy was always good at it. My mama was even better. They would lay down the law and what they said was gospel. Period. A lot of times that's the way we feel whenever we make plans. I put it in my calendar. That means it's going to happen. No. Lord willing, that's what's going to happen. Lord willing, we're going to get a new church built right out here where this big red clay area is. But if God don't want it to happen, guess what? If I say, I'm going to do this, it's going to happen, then we begin to exclude God. And if we exclude God, that's, that's when we get in trouble. That's when things go awry. That's when, that's when things get absolutely crazy. He said, look at what all I have done. Look what I have accomplished. There's a man in the Bible in the Old Testament. We read about him in the book of Daniel. He did the same thing. He said, look at Babylon, which I have built. Look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. Look at my kingdom that goes from one direction to the other as far as you can see. And he did. You go back and read. This man had a massive kingdom. It was huge. He basically owned it all. He was boss. But he didn't include God in his plan. This rich man did not include God in his plans. God said unto him, Thou fool, it's not thou shalt thou so be required of thee. Who's then? Shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and, and is not rich toward God. Nebuchadnezzar said, look what I have done. Look what I have accomplished. Look what I have built. This is all mine. And God said, no, it ain't. 
God said, it's not. He said, look what I have blessed you with. Look what I have allowed you to rule over. And He said, I'm going to take it from you. And He did. Just like that. That man was out in the field. Growing hair and feathers and eating grass. And if you don't think God can make us eat grass, you've got another thing coming. If you don't think God can get our attention, we have another thing coming. The parable that Jesus told, God called the rich man a fool. Very few times in the Bible do you find the, the term fool referencing somebody that you want to be like. That's not a word that you want to be called. Now if somebody says you are righteous, what does that mean? That means you have something to be proud of, right? This person has called me righteous. Thou art holy. Thou art blessed. We all want to be blessed. God said you're a fool. How many people want to be a fool? If we make our plans and we exclude God, we become that fool. We become that fool. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If we make plans and we exclude God, if we make plans and we don't include His guidance, His leadership, His wisdom, if we make plans that are contrary to what He wants us to do, I think about another man in the Old Testament. He made plans. He was just minding his own business one day. God came to him and said, Jonah, I want you to go preach to Nineveh. Jonah said, God, no. He struck out the other direction. And Jonah had plans. He was going to go down. And if you look in Jonah chapter 1, he went down and down and down and down until he didn't get no lower. We're not going to get into that today. But he went down to the shore. He went down to the coast. He went down and he bought him a ticket to Tarsus. He went down into that ship. And Jonah had plans. He was going to go to Tarsus. He was going to get away from God. And he was going to live his best life. He was going to take care of me. It's called self-care. And that is a very, very dangerous poison to start drinking in this day and age that we live. Taking care of ourselves is a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. Matter of fact, I, I intend to take care of myself this week. i got to get a haircut. It's too hot for all this. And that is self-care. But whenever Jonah said, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to make plans, I'm going to Tarsus, I'm getting away from God, I'm going to take care of myself. He did that. And that's not what God wanted him to do. He made plans that was contrary to God's plans. Whenever we make plans that's contrary to God's plan, guess who's going to win? Ask Jonah. He was stuck in the belly of a fish for three days. You can imagine how it must have stunk. How it must have been awful and wet. You think we've had it wet? Not compared to Jonah. He made plans that was contrary to God. And God got his attention. Abraham made plans that was contrary to God. And God got his attention. Moses had plans that was contrary to God. And God got his attention. This rich man had plans that was contrary to God. And God said, thou fool. I hope and pray that as we continue to make plans in our life, that we would not apply the church and, and God's Word to our schedule. But if we could take and we'd fill in revival first and we'd wrap our life around it. And we'd take and we'd fill in church first and we'd wrap our life around it. That we would have time, devotion time with our families at night or, or during the morning or whatever it may be and then we'd wrap the rest of our life around it. And we would choose God as a priority. And that in making plans that we would always say if God be willing, 
If God will bless, if God will let us. And He will. Well, we have a verse for song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation. So I want to have something on there.